Nah. Exactly. Anyway, I'm, re- <laughs> I'm recording, so we can just kind of go whenever, really. Yep, fair enough. Uh, so, hello, and welcome to 52 Week Film Project. This is our episode two. Whoop, whoop. Um, whoop, whoop. Very exciting. Uh, so, last episode was solo. You can still catch that. Um, we are now everywhere, mate. We're we on are... iTunes. We're on Stitcher, Pocket Casts. We're not on Spotify yet. They've got some embargo on new podcasts, allegedly. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Oh, well. I think they're just preparing for us, mate. But... Exactly. They're, gonna, they're ramping up the team ready to market us. <laughs> exactly. Mate. We are exactly. ready. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, so episode one's out. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Oh, so uh, the day after episode one, we got very drunk and very excited. And, yeah, <laughs> we it, were... was, it was a very weird experience. We sat with a bottle of wine or maybe two and listened to the whole thing back. And um, I've never really heard my voice for 67 minutes before. And it no. was, um, bloody hell, I don't know how it's going to be received, mate. It's my an experience. voice sounds even worse this week because I've got a sore throat. But Yes, Jake, yes. Um, you we, won't we hear my, a, my we, luscious tones. Your luscious tones. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Uh, so yeah, this week is episode two and we are covering uh, Batman Ninja. Yeah, so there wasn't really anything in the cinema that we cared about this no, week. No, It's been a bit of a lull. We're good, we're definitely going to be covering Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom next yep. week. And then Incredibles, Incredibles 2 is coming out. There's a couple of good films that are coming out. There's a lot of good movies coming up in the next few weeks. We decided against... Um, coming at you this week with the Oscars special series because we both watched Dances with Wolves which was the 1990 Oscar Best Picture winner. We both winner, watched and the four hour it was, version. It was, of- it was absolutely it was the hardest thing I think I've ever, ever done. It's like I enjoyed it but it was fucking difficult to get through yeah. and even more difficult to try and discuss. And we were both um, saying about it that if we were going to watch it in a cinema, four hours of viewing in a cinema way is crazy. Much. Like, how the hell did anyone get through it? How did Kevin Costner, like, <laughs> I mean, he funded that. He paid like $5 million to get the rest of it done. I don't know, was that like an extra 45 minutes of screen time? Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, but Jesus. I think it's just in the horses. But no, like, in the end, we both kind of we both had our final week at university up here at Birmingham, and we thought, like, let's find something fun and easy and a bit different to cover this week. And we stumbled across um, Batman Ninja, yep. which is the latest animated Batman movie. This is more of an anime than an animated film. Yes. Um, because it was developed by DC Japan, which is a first for the Batman animated films. The Batman animated series with DC has been going on for years now. It's been one of the most popular things that DC have done. Um, In comparison as well to the recent Marvel films versus DC films, where Marvel has sort of wiped the floor. With live action films. Indeed, yeah. yeah. With live action indeed. But the the animated stuff, since like the 19... Was it the 1990s? Right, it was 1968, the original Batman and Robin TV series came out. But then if you're cutting ahead to like the feature length film, the first one was in 1993 and it was Mask of the Phantasm yes which was excellent like oh, me, and, me and Will have both gone back and we've been re-watching some of these the last week because they're so easy to find online and it's perfect they're like seven, nostalgia. 70 minutes long perfect childhood nostalgia yeah. um, especially Mask of the Phantasm I remember having that on my like VCR yes. shelf at home and it's got this awesome cover with Batman you've got the, the Phantasm the, 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 like, the ghoul creature above him and yeah, 1993. And I went back and I watched it and it still holds up. I think, you know, as an adult now, I kind of care about the whole romance, the love story even more. I mean, it's a really sweet one in that film. Yeah, it really is. Um, between Batman and kind of like his one lost love that he never really kind of managed to succeed with. Kind of like James Bond in on Her Majesty's Secret Service. You know, he finally kind of gets the girl of his dreams and then it's kind of wiped from him. Um, but yeah, no, so that was... 
that was the first feature film. What other feature animated Batman films have you watched then? So I've, I used to watch a lot of the series, but I also watched... I've uh, never really watched the series. That's Mark Hamill as the Joker, That's Mark right? Hamill as the Joker, who's also a prize set for Mark, Mask of the Fantasy. Quite a few films, um, yeah. But I watched Under the Red Hood, um, and I thought that was fantastic. That was more recent, wasn't it? That yes. was like 2015 or something? Yeah, it was more recent. They've done a couple of more recent ones, um, like looking back at the old comics. So they've done Dark Knight Returns. I watched done, that. Yeah. I watched that on the train the other week, and I thought that was excellent. And that's the old Frank Miller comic. So it's like the yeah. big butch Batman that Ben Affleck was supposedly meant to be based off in the, exactly. the god awful Which they films did so well. No, they did so well, Jake. Oh, no. <laughs> oh God. No, no, exactly. dreadful. No. Um, no, I've, I've seen that one. Under the Red um, Hood was great because I, I have always loved the. I'm a bit of a comic buff. And um, I one of my favourite comic arcs is the Red Hood comic arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, talking about the death of um, Red Robin, who appears in this film. In Batman I'm, Ninja, yeah. Yeah, Batman Ninja, which I'm really happy about. Yeah, you've about. got an ensemble cast in this. You've got Nightwing, you've got Red Robin, you've got Robin Boy Wonder. Robin Boy Wonder, you've got Catwoman. In terms of the villains, you've got Two-Face, you've got... Gorilla Grodd, who's originally Flash's villain, right? Yes. The giant, giant monkey who got superhuman intelligence based off a... A meteorite shower yeah, or something, something like that? along those lines. Yeah, he's he, great. In he this, appears like, in the original, like he's one of the original Flash characters. In this Batman. The 1960s Flash characters. From ages ago then. Yeah, yeah. So he so he was in the comics in, the Flash um, was 1940, I think, Flash came into the thing. And then the second Flash, which is the most popular one, Barry Allen, um, came in in the 1960s. And Grodd was one of it, like the sixth villain that ever appeared. He comes yeah. in uh, very early. So he's known throughout the DC universe. I thought he was um, re- really, really well played in this film. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, he has like a very, he essentially plays like, other than the Joker, who always ends up being the overarching villain, no matter what the Batman narrative is. He plays kind of like the key villain in, yeah. in the, in the it's film. It's like the Machiavellian villain with the plan. And he's got like an omnipotent British accent. Well, in we watched the, <laughs> we watched the, like the American dub, version yes which you were saying is so with this Batman Ninja film there's two versions you've got the original Japanese version mm-hmm. and then you've got the American version and you said that you looked up that you said there was something the different about them. Di- the dubbing is different and the dialogue is different um, it's not completely different but there are a couple of um, minute changes um, I don't know really is it, is it like Japanese jokes or Japanese humour that wouldn't quite land with an American audience so they tweak it a bit I'm pretty that's what sure, I imagine it would sure be it's, I'm pretty sure it's that I've watched a couple of clips of clips of it in the actual Japanese it's more honour and respect and yeah because st- <laughs> stylistically this is very anime think like Attack on Titan uh, Super One Punch Man or whatever that thing's called on Netflix that everyone's going on about oh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's very very kind of to a, to like a, a, a westernised audience it's very kind of like cheesy maybe some of it's a bit cringy very loud kind of like shrieky kind of voices yeah, yeah. Um, very kind of like caricature style designed people characters um, very like enlarged like body uh, like parts of their bodies but then very very thin in other parts everything is very stylized to, stylized towards very, both very. anime but also it also had this sort of computer game like quality. I don't know if you. Yeah, it's it. kind of it's rent. This this isn't like a normal kind of like what, how you'd imagine if you've watched like any of the other Batman animated films, like the ones we mentioned, or like The Killing Joke. They're all kind of like they're cartoon. Yeah, right? they're very cartoon. But this yeah. isn't cartoon. This is like rendered in a way that it kind of looks like a video game cutscene. Yeah, that's not meant to deter people. Sometimes for me, this film it looked a little bit choppy. I didn't yeah. think it looked great. I had but... I had some problems with the lip syncing and dubbing, especially. Yeah. Is that because of the animations were 
they were they were beautiful and they were computer they were rendered by computers. It kind of meant that sometimes um, when they were trying to speak, it was it was like it was like it was sort of they were just opening their mouths for a, a long period of time. Yeah, it was a bit Enter the, the Dragon, wasn't it? It was a bit Enter the Dragon. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I think in in a weird way for me that kind of added to the charm. It, like you, the, yeah. this film, and you, you know it from the get go, Batman Ninja. This is a silly film. This is meant to be very high octane, very enjoyable, but also very stupid. And there's something very fun about it. Yeah, it's not going to be applauded for its story. Even though, to be fair, I thought that there was some excellent sequences. There are like some excellent sequences. It, it, it is just meant. You're meant to sit there and be like, it's just a visual feast. Um, like one of my favourite bits from kind of like early in the film when Batman kind of like the, the concept of the story. Do you want to lay it out? Yeah, the concept of the story is. Um, uh, we don't know exactly when this is set in Gotham, but it's it's a story of the Batman narrative that Catwoman sort of narrates and things like this is this is a story because I was there and I know what happened. Um, very odd, but um, so the story starts. Um, Grodd has created this time machine. Is it called the Quad Engine? Yeah, yes. I think so. Quad Engine. Grodd has created this time machine that, um, and he's gathered all the criminals. Uh, well, Poison Ivy, Two Face, Deathstroke, and um, the Penguin and the Joker and Harley are in the building. Um, and he... His plan is essentially to get them all warped out to feudal Japan in this time machine so that he doesn't have to deal with them anymore and he can raise a kingdom of monkeys yeah. in Gotham. But the original idea is that he's sort of brokering it to them. This this will... this It's like we all take down everyone together. But Grodd has he, always he tricks got a plan. them, doesn't yeah. he? He thinks that they're going to like get excited about the idea of controlling these warring states and... Obviously, he's always thinking two steps ahead because he's a super intelligent giant gorilla. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I never thought I'd say that. Uh, no. Um, so then, Batman tries to stop him with um, the, the the different versions with of the Robin, gang, the gang, <laughs> the squad. <laughs> yeah, the Mystery Patrol. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and oh, mate, imagine if Scooby Doo turned up in this. Well, Scooby Doo is in Batman animated films. I watched yeah, I that know. as well. I was what? waiting. I was waiting for a cameo. Just, <laughs> just like, there, like, there's a huge like sequence at the end of the film where like there's this giant kind of Transformers Power Rangers esque like robot battle, and I was just waiting. Like, there's bits where like these Japanese villagers like look up at these hulking monstrosities and they're like, oh, go on. And then I was just waiting. <laughs> I was just waiting for Scooby Doo to kind of like turn his head with a little like. What was it? What are those hats that they wear in Japan in like the... Um, oh, like the feudal... The feudal, the feudal like they're like yeah. the circle razor hats. So I'm just expecting him to look up with Shaggy and go, Oh no, Raggy? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so Batman tries, Batman tries to stop him. Uh, it doesn't work well. Batman is out... Because he messes with the machine by trying to stop it, he gets put out of limbo. So everyone's been there for two years apart from Batman. Batman just, just arrives yeah. now. So Batman so turns up in feudal Japan and Joker's running the shop. Hmm. Um, all of the different villains um, are controlling the different states, the warring states, and Grodd is somewhere kind of scheming, planning away. Yeah. Um, and essentially, like, literally, like, Batman turns up and he arrives in this street in Japan. And for him, it's like an instant, like, he's been trying to fight Grodd with this quake engine and he just turns up. But then you realise, like, these, these foot soldiers come running towards him and they've got these really cool, like, Joker masks on. Mm. So Joker's got, like, these foot patrol soldiers and they come up and they try and beat him up. And obviously Batman's like, what's going on here? Like, because he doesn't know what's happened. 
And nice, event- nice Batman voice. Yeah, oh God, I can't do it. <laughs> Kevin Conroy, just, we need to get him on the podcast. Kevin Conroy. Um, that, yeah, just side note, Kevin Conroy in Batman The Killing Joke was not the voice of Kevin Conroy before. No. It's like he'd gone to seed. But he's so reprising sad. it like 20 years later, isn't he? Yeah, so. but he did the same for Arkham. He did the two Arkham games as well. And his oh, voice yeah, for the yeah. Arkham games was exactly like the animated yeah. series. This one was odd. This one was not the Batman of the animated series. It was who, a very different one. Who did you say was Batman's voice in this film? Uh, it what it's um I don't I can't remember the name of the oh, actor, but it's the guy who plays it's the guy who Ezio plays from the Assassin's Creed games. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, which yeah. I really like. What I what I, this is again cutting forward, but but at the end um, in the big sequence there is a that they're on foot, they're in uh, the big battle bots, and then at one point they're in gliders. And I was thinking, at the, the same actor has had to do dialogue for the glider sequence in Assassin's Creed 2 and the glider and sequence the ba- Batman in Batman Ninja Glides. I bet he was like, fucking bring it yeah, here, I guys. Know, I'm first, ready. I know, I've exactly. already got this planned. <laughs> Just lifted the dialogue, exactly. Um, but also what I really liked was in this, the Joker is voiced by, I can't remember his name. You've, you've got it somewhere, yeah, haven't you? I've got it here. It's, um, um, Tony Hale. Tony Hale, who, for those who care about Arrested Development, um, I usually find that people that watch Arrested Development, they really do care about it. It's one of those shows, isn't yeah. it? Um, if you watch Arrested Development, watch our podcast. It, Tony Hale is the guy who plays Buster Bluth. Um, and it's so fascinating because you can kind of listen to him in Arrested Development, and I've been going back through it recently. And when he says things like, don't leave me, mother, or whatever he kind of says to Lucille in Arrested Development, you can kind of like, if you notch that up, up a couple of pitches and add his like kind of manic laugh, like kind of like when his hand gets bitten off by the seal in the series, he starts going all crazy. You can kind of look at that after seeing this Batman Ninja film and think, fuck, he was such an obvious person to use for the Joker. Yeah. And he is brilliant in this. Like, they give him, even if the film, like, the dialogue overall isn't that great, the Joker gets some really good lines. And, like, there's a bit where, like, Batman's trapped on this ship where they're fighting the Joker and Joker's got this TNT up above it, but if he drops it, he's going to blow everyone up, including him and Harley Quinn. Um... Harley Quinn is like very stereotypically anime in this, isn't she? She's, she's like I, any kind of manga cartoon that you've ever seen. Like she's she's exactly that. She's and it's the, the manga she, voice as well. It's the sort of the, the weird. Yeah, it's I, that. I, can't, I can't do it. I can't do it either. You, I, we both can't do it justice. But it is that weird manga voice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's the, the very like well-known kind yeah. of stereotypical Woo! one. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, but like Joker blows up this ship and as he's doing it, he says something like, I'm having a party in hell or, or whatever. And it, it's really, really good. Like he has a lot of interesting lines in this. And I also like how the characters were designed in a way like we watched a really brief featurette because we've got it on we've got it on blu-ray we've got it on blu-ray <laughs> um, so we watched one of the special features did you see the bit where it was the lead japanese designer was talking about how he wanted to add like the japanese flair to the characters but also kind of reincorporate their traditional american style yes so like was that. for example the joker we'll try and put an image of it on maybe Instagram when we post this episode or something so you can see it. I think we've already got a picture of the Joker on the Instagram, but yeah. not his full body. But he's got kind of like the traditional kind of like pleated Japanese kind of like um, tapestry kind of look. But he's also got, and he's got like the Japanese fans and he throws them around, slices trees and stuff. But he's also got like a dicky bow tie. He's got kind of like his, his crimped kind of purple jacket and his mm. like funny normal Joker-esque shoes from kind of like regular Batman series. And so it's cool to see the way they kind of like, they, they add that whole Japanese spin on it, but they don't completely take it away from what he normally looks yeah. like. Related to what you were saying, but on a slight tangent, I liked how they, um, 
Batman Batman talks to Catwoman at the beginning of the film, sort of his exposition thing is these the feudal these the feudal's feudal um regions that are controlled by the different villains, etc. And starts like planning an attack on the Joker, the Joker Palace. And then Batman goes incognito. Which um, essentially goes, he gets a monk's haircut, a Batman tattoo on the middle of his head. <laughs> so that he won't be recognised no in, in feudal Japan. No one can notice the massive white American guy who's completely hedge, still wearing black, but now he just looks like a monk. And what did you say? He shaved? He shaved the middle of his head like a monk <laughs> ring and put a Batman <laughs> tattoo in the middle of it. I mean, come Is it on. a Batman tattoo or is it like his hair shaved as a no, bat no, no. symbol? No, it's a Batman tattoo because it's, it's, it's jet black and his hair's grey. That's just which, which Which means that it is a tattoo. Even like he's just done for that. He, like fuck the other characters. Like Robin has a little best friend who's basically <laughs> a pe- basically a Pikachu ripoff called Monkey Chi, Monkey uh, Chi, who helps him play the flute with Monkey Chi's little girlfriend later on in the film to like essentially lead this army of Grodd's monkeys to Into form a- this giant like one giant monkey. This is like in this final robot sequence, you've got all the different warring states. They have their own kind of like mechanized yeah. giant ships. So like. Two faces. One is like a giant angry Buddha with like loads of like Vishnu style arms. Yeah, and then also like looks looks originally like it's walking form like a spider. It's quite yeah. Cool. It's very Deathstroke cool. is essentially a gunship. It's just yeah, it's, it's like just a, it's like a Gundam guns. figurine. Like, did uh, you ever watch Gundam? I didn't watch. It kind of looks like that. Um, the Joker's ship is just this giant fuck off ridiculous thing. Yeah, which essentially is Joker like after this fight with all the different robots like Poison Ivy's one's got loads of vines on it and stuff like that. Joker kind of takes over and he controls all of them with this mind control device and he's like oh I've got it written down somewhere he says the most ridiculous thing he says um, he says criminals of Gotham become one and then like all of these robots including like the Joker Tower all form in this like let's go Power Rangers it is so Power Rangers isn't it it's like it's like a Japanese rock song comes on it's like don't go see like it's it's just (laughs) That was the that was awful. That was not it. Um, I need to learn <laughs> Japanese, mate. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, no, it is absolutely mental. And like he lands on top of it, Joker lands on top of it with this Joker hot air balloon that then like creates somehow the creates the head of it to look like this one pissed off creep like creepy Joker. Mm. But that's just this film in a nutshell. Like all of the design is so interesting and like, so and so anime, but also so campy anime. Yeah, like the Power is, Rangers. It's not afraid to be ridiculous. No. It's not afraid to be over the top. Especially especially towards the end when you've got these giant ships and like for example when Grodd essentially like decides to help Batman he gives him this scroll and he says something like you could use this it controls my army of monkeys use them to defeat the Joker which at, one, at which point <laughs> in the movie so most and me and Jake just look at each other and burst into laughing and we think <laughs> okay okay this is this is this can't be a continued plot point no it is it goes on for 15 minutes and then the monkeys, um, monkey chi. The monkey chi is controlling it with the, the flute, and then his girlfriend gets involved. So Robin, who's got like basically a shaved head with a couple of clumps of hair in like little bands, is playing the flute with monkey chi and monkey chi's girlfriend. And then he says like all these monkeys start running to form this giant monkey robot, and he says something like, "Now witness the awesome power of the monkeys." Monkey. And then, and then Joker. So, so in my notes, every time monkeys mentions it in capital letters, because Joker goes monkeys. <laughs> Makes so many of my notes for this film ring all caps. Like <laughs> it was just like you can't not like you're watching it. It's like ah da da da. And I'm like oh my god, I've got to write this down. <laughs> and then and then because it it, it needs to be more believable. Um, the monkeys not doing a thing. They burn the monkeys at one point. The Joker's ship 
burns the monkeys. Yeah, essentially. And you see yeah. Robin going, no! The, all these dead monkeys <laughs> are then, dropping like flies. Then, I mean, this is basically the biggest... The, 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 the Zord battle. This is, this is the, the big Megazord battle. This is the main yeah. point of the film. This is probably about like half an hour of like the 70-minute film. Yeah. But there's, there's this... Like, the monkeys in this giant monkey formation are great. Like, they're so, like, versatile. They're like a bunch of, like, worker ants that move things together. Exactly. And it's like the, the Joker's, like, firing missiles at them. And the monkey head is essentially, like, creating an opening on the inside for the monkeys all pushing out to let the rocket just go through and pass them by. Yeah. And then, like, when they start getting burnt by, like, Harley Quinn's flamethrower, as you were saying... What happens? It's like all hope is lost, and then just millions, bats. millions of fucking bats come out of nowhere, and then combined in with broad the daylight as well, bats are nocturnal. Yeah. Um, interesting point on that is that they combine to create a Batman figure. <coughs> Sorry, the Batman figure that is chosen is the 1939 original original character design for Batman, That's which was insane. created by. So that, I thought that was a really nice nod to the That's old. That's a really floor. cool touch. Yeah, it was a really nice touch. It was like it's the exact design of the original. But Batman. essentially, yeah, this giant monkey robot upgrades into a giant Batman, which just with like one punch punches straight through the fucking Joker ship. I will and just say, destroys I will it. say this: the what happens in this film is it's very it's very similar to Power Rangers in this way is that when you've got. The, the fight scenes and the and the culmination they kind of do in Power Rangers when they wanted to t- defeat the foot soldiers they'd like have a massive multi weapon that would destroy stuff yeah. same with Batman he is like armored Batman and they have this cut scene where it says on screen Ding. armored Batman <laughs> yeah. uh, and that he destroys Bane in a second as soon as you see the Bane s- is a sumo wrestler that's Bane, bizarre Bane is a sumo wrestler that is the ugliest character he, he doesn't do anything so except grunt even as he's like Anugida. Bane is in that film for thirty seconds and gets squashed by armored Batman. But that's kind of like the fight scenes in a nutshell. As soon as you see the the, the tech script um, for a new character design of, of Batman, you know, you know gonna shit's going to go punch. down. Yeah. You will win in one punch <laughs> yeah, very yeah. easily. Um, can it, we talk? Sorry, no, go on. Go on. No, no, go. Can we talk about because this scene is this whole film oh, yeah. is so silly and so ridiculous. But, but there is one incredibly touching scene. Yes. So you learn for, um, quite early on at the beginning that um, Nightwing, Red Robin, and um, and normal Robin. Um, <laughs> boy, boy wonder. Robin and Robin, yeah, odd. Oh, there's so many Batman odd things, odd nuances in this, uh, are with him. But Red Hood is on a reconnaissance mission and you find him in this thing. And then the animation goes to sort of, sort of like painting. It's it's like an anime painting. It becomes kind of like a watercolour, a moving watercolour image. It's, it's really, really striking, really beautiful. beautiful. Um, almost like I'm trying to think of you know when you see like um, they're like hand drawn cartoons like flip book style things yeah. there is there is definitely a real term for this somewhere I don't know it but it essentially looks like a stop motion hand drawn watercolor painting that's kind of coming off the pages of a comic book yeah and it looked like the scene in, well to, to a certain extent the scene I'm trying Kill, to think of something to relate it to Kill Bill the scene where they have that animation the animate the animation um for Oshi Ren's backstory I thought maybe something like that um would would be something similar to it but yeah there's the scene where Red Hood confronts people who he thinks is the Joker and Harley and we learn that they aren't it is the Joker and Harley but in the explosion They're, on the ship it's it's ruined it's ruined the memory. Yeah, so like mid- midway through when the Joker, like we said, he blows up this ship. I'm having a party in hell. I'm having a party. I'm having a party. Um, essentially, everyone kind of regroups for like many months. Like the Batman's very wounded, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and Red Hood gets involved 
and he becomes part of Batman's team and he's kind of like scoping stuff out one day and in this watercolour scene essentially it's the introduction of Red Hood he approaches this farmer who's got like the Joker's green hair and Har- like this woman who doesn't really look like Harley but has you can tell it's her voice mm. um, and they essentially are just two farmers minding their own business outside their kind of hut and then uh, Red Hood comes along and he's convinced that it's them and it's quite um, quite aggressive like Red Hood's convinced and he's going to, he's trying to kill them and he's like beating the shit out of Joker and like this guy, this man's protesting his innocence. He's like, I'm not who you think I am. Like, please leave us alone. We're just two, mm. two lonely farmers. Added, then, like, sorry, added layer of cultural, of context for the comic is that uh, the Red Hood originally is Jason Todd, the person who was killed by the Joker. Exactly. So he's he's on a revenge mission. He's on a revenge mission. Um, but then like Harley tries to get involved and she's like, stop hitting him. And Red Hood, like they're unashamed about it. Like he's like smacking her as well. Like it's a very aggressive it's scene. It's very brutal. And then essentially Batman turns up and he's like, Red Hood, no, like don't do this. And like, we need to hear them out first kind of thing. We don't know if it is them in disguise or not. And essentially... Um, Batman decides after seeing like an incredibly human moment where these two farmers that have been trying to kind of like make ends meet for ages they see like a first bulb sprout in their garden mm. they run down they're so excited and like husband and wife are, like hugging each other etc Batman says to Red Hood like leave them alone this is not them because if you knew Joker like I knew him, you'd know that he wouldn't be able to hide his madness. There's always a bit of madness in everything that he does. You can even, just look in his eye and see the Even madness. his best disguises. And then as Batman and like a slightly frustrated Red Hood walk off, um, you see them like hugging and laughing by the sprout. And then you see Joker kind of like, well, the guy like smear this red stuff on his face and he starts sort of like laughing manically. Um, and you realise that they've been played and it's kind of later explained in like the final fight sequence between Joker and Batman after like the big monkey, the big Batman, all of that. Joker meets Batman on a roof and they have like this samurai battle, which is which is absolutely stunning. And they're, they're both gorgeous. wearing kind of like new samurai kind of suits. They look mm. amazing. Some of the best um, cinematography in the whole film is in that final sequence. Oh yeah, it's, 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 by, it's by far the one, most meaningful fight scene, I'd say as well. It looks... Stunning, and it's on top of the roof of Joker's um, of, of Joker's fortress, and or, or Zord. It could be Zord, yeah. Um, and it just is beautiful. It's it's so fast and frenetic, and there's so many different parts of it. There's so many different sequences where you think Batman's got the upper hand. No, Joker's got the upper hand. No, Batman's got the yeah. upper hand. So Joker's got the upper hand. And there's there's a bit where like you think Joker's kind of fading away a bit and he goes like he's like oh, oh and he goes back into like this smoke and then really quickly you just hear him go psych and he like comes back out with his sword um but it, it is really it's really really incredible and they explain in that bit joker sort of says that what he did was he lost his memory in like the explosion of the ship but the bulb that kind of sprouted up in the garden is actually one of his like signature joker bombs and it emits this gas and so like as that sprouted he remembered who him and harley were yeah it's, snaps them yeah back to reality. It, like i tell you what for a film that like definitely doesn't pride itself on having an amazing story compared to like I would say like Mask of the Phantasm has one of the best stories I've ever seen in a, bat- in, a in a superhero movie I'd say more or less the same of the Dark Knight Returns um, this is it's not going to win awards for story but it's also not based on an, on a comic it's original mm. which is a difference for Batman animated films um, but that whole sequence and that whole twist is very, very interesting and it's done in a very beautiful way. And it wasn't a shame to be quite aggressive. Like I was thinking, this is quite unsettling, but it really, it, it's it was, really it was, good. It was a character beating up two civilian characters who were pleading and 
and you could see the blood. And, it and was, you could it was, definitely, yeah. you could tell that they definitely got away with more and made it more aggressive because they stripped it back to that style. That's what I like so much about Batman animated movies is they can do so much more than live action superhero films can do. Even with lower like film rate, like um, kind of like age ratings, because A, you can do stuff that actors physically can't do. Like all of the like all of the fight sequences have all these ridiculous moves and things in them that completely defy gravity but feel completely logical in the moment. Yes. But you couldn't do like if you did it in a live action, like if you did it in Captain America, you'd be like, oh fuck off. It's Captain America. I mean, can't I don't know. Do Tom that. Cruise is very good at his own stunts. He is, mate. Mission, <laughs> mission, I'm excited for Mission Impossible. Um, but yes, it is very there's a, there's a lot more flair, there's a lot you can do with it. And it, like it is it is just excellent because of that. Mm, it is, yeah, it is. Um, I have one, I have one point of contention with it, which is which I which I've had an argument with my um, other housemate um, yesterday about because I wish that the part of the storyline that is based in Gotham wasn't there. I know this is a bit. What this, you mean, the end cutscene? No, no, no. I mean the the narrative through line of. Um, Batman, Batman coming from Gotham. Right. I would have, I would have enjoyed the film more if it was just a standalone. Batman is a ninja in feudal Japan. But do you not like Batman's? Like through this story, he progresses from realizing very early in feudal Japan that his his regular technology won't work. So like at one point, he goes to use his grapple gun. And he realizes there aren't any buildings high enough for yep. him to grapple to. And then like the Batmobile eventually gets impaled by Joker's swords, and he can't use it. And he like in that final fight scene after doing all this training with the bat ninja clan he finally transitions and those like big like screen things that come up like you said for, like armored batman it comes up saying batman ninja and yeah. it has it in or ninja batman it has it in the japanese writing like for me i thought that was really cool the idea that this is a a refreshing take where batman finally had to like kind of fend for himself without like because obviously that like so many people that are kind of like against batman being a superhero is like well he's just a he's a rich dude he's just a rich dude with loads of gadgets and they literally they say it in this film don't they there's a bit where like after he's kind of healed from the joker fight scene on the ship he's like who is Batman without his technology? Um, he like balls his hand into a fist. I was going to say, fist. Jake at this point is <laughs> miming. The, because it happens twice in the film. There's two moments where Batman monologues yeah. in the film and both times the camera, and it's day and night, the camera just the camera just closes up, closes up on him just putting his Scrunching fist. Scrunching his hand together in yeah. this like manly, thought-provoking moment. Yeah. Like, Again, like, very anime. But, but no, no, so, so you would have preferred it if it was just like Batman's actually um, a ninja... I, I enjoy I enjoy okay I enjoyed what the storyline was and I enjoyed what um it brought to the table essentially but I did have a I did I did think that there was a lot of exhibition of well this is because he doesn't have technology this is because oh we don't have all of this this is the two years have passed but you've only been there for a year yeah. if it had just gone yeah. into the film it could have still been as anarchically magical and also ridiculous. Anarchically and magical. I know. I thought oh, I'd be... English did you read that somewhere? I was like, you're right. degree. But no, I, I, thought it, I thought it could have done that. What I will say is that I, I, saying that, this film is so much fun. It is. It so is a lot of fun. fun. It's very interesting. It's refreshing. Like, I'll tell you what, like, there was a reviewer who I think might be in our Critic Quote Awards, we'll say later, but who basically argues that it's the most refreshing take on Batman since Christopher Nolan's trilogy. And to be honest, I'd, I'd, I'd probably agree. Well, like, let's think about what there's been. So, there's, there's been... So, so there's been the live action film. So Batman versus Superman. Yep. Um, you've got Justice League. Yep. Are those the only two? 
Those are the only two live action. And yeah, and then you've got the, you've got Batman the Killing Joke, which is obviously the the animated film that came in like 2016, 2017, which you know, like it's an iconic comic book, but it didn't do very well review wise. Yeah. Um, we watched that last night. Actually, we watched it before this. I it was was it rewatching for both of us? It was. I actually was watch. I've read the comic, but, but you haven't watched it. Yeah, watched so it, I've so watched, watched it, but I haven't read the comic. And yeah, it's good. Like it is an interesting story. The comic um, is way better. But it's yeah, it's it's just it doesn't have this like it doesn't have the same flair, the same excitement that this has. And it is like this is the most um, original take on Batman I think I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. And also it's very we're, interesting. We're doing a movie review podcast, and for me, Batman Ninja is is definitely a movie, whereas. Killing Joke could almost be a TV movie. And then the yeah, difference yeah, yeah. is is that the Bat- Batman Ninja has an originality and a and also a visual quality that is so that is so um film-like. Whereas the Killing Joke, I felt that that yes, the dialogue is great, yes, the story and narrative is great, but that's that's all Frank Miller. But the actual cartoons and the drawings of it is is not that impactful. It's like you're going back to the 1990s yeah. original animated series yeah it doesn't it, it's not exciting it's not engaging it's just um it's 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 a thoughtful recreation it's a thoughtful recreation yeah yes um, we're doing well with those sounds oh, hey, I, I know anarchically magical and <laughs> thoughtful recreation indeed um no i i definitely agree i almost like you'll probably hear you like i i would argue and i think you probably agree with me i'm much more involved in my tv shows at the moment than i am my films yeah which was part of the reason why i wanted to start this podcast i wanted to get more engrossed in film the film medium because i've kind of lost it in the last couple of years with the whole rise of Netflix, etc. I think a lot of people have, to be honest. And also in um, terms of just the, the the price of going to see a new film compared to Netflixing in your bed. Exactly. So I, I, I miss going to the cinema. Um, but you, like for that reason, because I'm so kind of geared towards that TV um, kind of style, I think you'll probably hear me say a lot that I think that things would work really well as a TV series. And mm. I know that Batman animated series is obviously very popular, did very, very well. But this kind of, this this 80 minute kind of like flounce into the fields of Japan, mm. I feel like it would it would be excellent if they turned this into like a limited run series. Like, I don't know, like seven or eight episodes. I don't know whether they, I don't know how they would redo the story now that they've done it. They could probably, it, it ends, like it has this final cutscene in this film where Batman's returned to Gotham and he's kind of not fully lost his Japanese ways, which is quite touching. And so like Albert's like, Alfred, um, Alfred, Alfred, darling, come on. Um, Alfred's like, Alfred's like, sir, you're, you're late for your meeting with the mayor or whatever. And he's wearing like his Batman samurai gear still. And he's like, oh, oh, sorry, Alfred, I'll be ready in a minute. And then he's like, Alfred's like, which which vehicle would you like to take tonight or whatever? And they take this like Batmobile that's like a horse-drawn Japanese carriage. <laughs> and the final moment is like that turning a corner, smashing into like a Joker car, like a green and purple Joker car. It's kind of like a little bit of a fuck you. And then as the, like, the Bat carriage goes past, you just sort of see inside and Batman's on his knees drinking tea. Yeah. Like, There's like this little Japanese contemplation area with Alfred. So like, I definitely think that there is room for them to do like a Batman Returns to Japan kind of thing like I I don't know if they'll be in a rush to do it but I think that if this is I mean this is Batman Neo Yoko crossover this isn't like hugely well known this thing like I'm not expecting people that listen to this podcast to be aware of it before mm. we've mentioned it so we'll put some links in the podcast description to it so you can go and find it but it is quite talked about. Like when we were looking it up online, there is quite a lot of like hustle and commotion about this film. So hopefully it will generate enough interest, especially with this American release, to actually kind of maybe expand on it. 
but not even expands on it just for Batman. It'd be quite nice to see other other um, film films do it. Like the Marvel, I'd love to see a Marvel Universe Spider Man um, anime version. That'd be incredible. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what Spider Man anime? Spider Man anime. You, yeah. you, you not know that that's yeah, you know it's coming out right. So there's oh a, no, no, Spi- no, 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 that's not anime. That's it, cartoon, it, isn't it? It is. It's animated. Oh, yeah, oh it's, right. It's, it's Spider-Man into the multiverse or something like that. Oh, and yeah. It, it tells the story of Miles Morales, who's the Black Spider-Man. Um, and it, it, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna lie, like go go and watch the trailer. It looks kind of similar in kind of 3D rendering to this. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's going to be Marvel's first kind of outing into this. Yeah. Whereas, um, like, I mean, people always laud Marvel for like killing the game, killing the game in the film industry. Whereas DC kind of fail. But that's that's based on very recent DC outings. Like people forget that DC were doing more superhero films far before the Marvel universe kind of began to exist. And the Dark Knight trilogy broke every record for superhero films exactly. in the book. Exactly. Um, so yeah, like I don't think it's fair to just say that DC aren't doing it. Like they're doing it well. But yeah, I, the the correlation in the comics. I read an interesting fact about this the other day, where Marvel comics, um, in terms of general comics sold, sell sell. Um, pretty much equally to DC, but it's across their whole range of comics. However, DC have Batman, and, yeah. and, and seven out of their ten top-selling titles in DC are Batman comics. Yeah, definitely. Which is which is you, you, it's such a great character to have. Um, he, he is brilliant. I mean, I tell you what. In the last week, when I've been kind of going back over the films with him and everything, I always consider Spider-Man to be my my all-time favorite superhero. For me, I just think he was like the people's champion. He's the one that I've grown up with. He's the one that I love. Second would be Wolverine. But to be honest, I think third probably is Batman. Like there's so much. I found when I was like, when I was back home, God, maybe like a year ago, back in my family home, I was like digging through old stuff. And I found that my dad had once made this like black binder with like printed out pages in it. Yeah, I don't think I've told you about this. No, you've never told right, me about so this. He, when I was really into superheroes as a kid, he made me this binder where he printed out these like character profiles of all of the Batman characters and all the Batman villains. No. And it's about 40 pages long and he put them all in their own little sleeves. And I used to be addicted to it. I used to go all the way through this and he's put like Gotham Knight on the side of the binder. Um, yeah, and I found that like maybe about a year ago now and I thought, oh, it's brilliant. Like, and it goes all the way back. He's still got a tin of my old like superhero figurines and everything. Oh, I love, I love, I love it. I'll have, to, I'll have to bring it back. Well, here. In, on that note, and in terms of a story for me, I, when I was younger, I created a Batman Monopoly, which what? is odd. No, I d- spent hours on it. Me and my mum. What, your own board and everything? Yeah, yeah. So I created the own, own board. So it was just that made a sort of card um, right. the board. But every, I had sort of playing cards that were used for them. I don't know exactly how it worked. I think they were the properties. Um, and the properties were superheroes rather than actual properties. And I just stuck a piece of paper. I drew each character. I put them on the back. It took about five or six hours and played it once. But it was, it was yeah. such a... Yeah. <laughs> That's so true, is that you spend all that time on those kinds of things and then you never use them again. Yeah. And I'm not a board game specialist, so the game was terrible. Oh, mate, <laughs> was... Have you still got it? Uh, yeah. I think so. I think I've still oh, got can it. Can we please play it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, next next week or whenever whenever we get get back home and have time, we'll play that and let yeah. you know how it goes. We'll do it. We'll, we'll play it before the Jurassic World podcast, and then we'll let people know who was the Batman Monopoly master. I feel like you're probably going to like fake the rules a bit to make sure that you yeah, win. Because yeah, yeah. obviously, I have the no idea. The rules are 
I win. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. All right, fair play. Do you want to do the tomatoes, rot- rotten tomatoes? Yeah, critics, cr- quote cr- critic quote awards. Still don't have a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> That's our jingle. Still don't have a jingle. <laughs> yeah, but I have to get that made. Um, so there aren't, like, obviously, as we said, this isn't very well known. So we didn't have loads of reviewers to kind of go from. But in terms of best description, so we, we, we found three together because there weren't lots of them. Mm. Um, best description, Will, do you want to... Uh, Go yes. ahead and the best description uh, we've got from is from James Whitbrook at io9.com, and it, the passion behind the sheer actuality audacity, sorry, of what Batman Ninja lays down transforms it into an utterly joyful experience. Yeah, I think I think, I think that's, that's pretty fair. fair. Like it just it, this film, like it, it's not afraid to go big or go home. Like it does things, especially in like the last twenty minutes. You're kind of sitting there thinking like this is absolutely insane. How could this get any more insane? I know the giant monkeys formed by 5,000 little monkeys turn into a giant Batman. Yep. Like It just keeps going and going and going and it does make it really entertaining. It does make it really fun. It doesn't hold back. They're definitely, I, I feel like when they were making this film, there probably weren't many moments where they were like, let's scrap that. That's too too yeah. ambitious. Yeah, like, exactly. There's not a lot of things on the cutting room floor for being too silly. Everything's yeah, put exactly. in. And that's why I can't no, yeah. about it. Yeah, I think that's a good description of the Do you film. want to read out the most savage? Most, most savage. I, no, I might need your help with this because I don't remember this this film but basically the most savage quote was from Eric Joseph from We Got This Covered he gave the film a 3 out of 10 and he said Batman Ninja makes Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin look like Mask of the Phantasm by comparison no joke <laughs> what does he mean by that I know that that's like a real burn because people aren't big fans of Joel Schumacher's Batman, Batman and Robin so um, but I've <laughs> The film, the Batman film I've watched the most is Batman and Robin because I, but simply I had is that the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Free? It is the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, mate, I really want to go back and watch Uma that. Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. Brilliant. Um, Bane as I don't know who plays Bane, and then um, yeah, it was. It's just a odd film. It's it's, it's was it really film. like not liked by critics then? It, there was lots of different individual things. The bat suits had nipples, which no one understood. Even, the bat suits had nipples. Even the girl bat suit for Batgirl had nipples. Alicia Silverstone had to wear bat nipples as a woman. That was That's interesting. Bizarre. Yep. Um, the the puns in the film are terrible, and it's a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger doing like "This is the Ice Age" and just very weird <laughs> puns. And then you've also got um, a sequence where they're bidding. Uma Thurman is sexy and sultrous, and she can turn any men, ma- man to who she wants to be. And Batman and Robin are bidding for her for a date. What? And Batman. Who's playing Batman in this? Uh, George Clooney. And who? Oh fuck! Of course. And who's Robin? Oh, I oh, I've done, I can't remember the name of the guy. He's in NCIS now, which is which tells a lot. Um, but he they're bidding for Poison Ivy, and Batman pick, gets out my bat card, and it's a credit <laughs> card with the Batman logo on it, and like it doesn't. It says bat, by Batman. I was like, is that Bruce Wayne on it? That's the game gone, mate. I think we need to give that a rewatch at yeah. some point. I haven't seen that. That's so an extra so, episode. So essentially, essentially, it's saying that Batman Ninja makes. The Batman worst Batman live action film look like the, the best. best Batman animated film. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then we didn't find one for funniest. We didn't. I think that's quite funny. I what I will say is that for me, for my funniest one, I enjoy the no joke at the end. Of <laughs> no, the, joke. Oh, <laughs> no joke. <laughs> yeah. No true. Yeah. I think. I think maybe the film was just so mental that reviewers didn't want to try and outdo it. No. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, Final what, thoughts. A review. What would you What would you give it out of ten? Um. We discussed last week how a seven is not a bad thing. I'm going to put this as 6.5. I enjoyed yeah. it. I enjoy, You will probably raise a high. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I found it silly and funny. What are your main criticisms? Um, my main criticisms are that, that sometimes they had the potential to do things like that scene with Red Hood 
that was so beautiful and so unexpected. And they didn't do it more. And they didn't do it more. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I, I'm hesitant. I, I was kind of teetering around a six. I was hesitant to give it less because I think that maybe me and you aren't very well versed in Japanese anime. And I think that the mm. more you are, the more you can critique it for what it really is. So for me, I found that there were some silly bits in it that I found quite annoying. For example, like the monkey chi Robin thing, even though it's kind of cute, it is a Pokemon ripoff. And I didn't really like it, but for all I know, that could go down really well with a Japanese audience. Exactly. Because I don't understand. I'd love to know what Japanese reviewers thought of this. We couldn't really find any um, or that we could read. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think I'll give it a six. I think it is stunning. It's an ambitious project. I think the story is a bit average compared to like I was nearly in tears by the end of Mask of the Phantasm and mm. I thought that Dark Knight Returns was such an epic thing. Um, I think that it it could have done more with what it had. I think you're right. Yeah. But then I think maybe that is going against the point of what Japanese anime is. I think that maybe we haven't got most of the film is a reprieve for that one really intense scene because that's maybe the way they do things. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I don't know. I'll give it, I'll give it a six. Yeah, that I'll makes sense. It a six. That makes sense. Right. So, so final thoughts, Alfred's, just before, because Alfred's got a little man bun, which Al is just Alfred, awful. Alfred has, a man bun. Alfred has a man bun because he's in Japanese culture. That's and just a final thought. No, 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 no. Final, final thought. Um, when Batman first like lands in Japan, he looks up with Catwoman, he gets given this cup of tea and he drinks it and he goes, is this black tea? And he like looks up and <laughs> Alfred's there. Like, I'm, I'm here, sir. Like, oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, right. Next week, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yes. Shall I tell my sh shall I tell my story about this? You have got something quite exciting. You might as well um, fill them in. I wasn't quite as lucky as you with this. Yes. So um Jake's lovely girlfriend, um, her stepdad had works in post-production for films. And I got the opportunity to um, do some work um, for him and for the company that he represents um, at the cast and crew premiere for Jurassic World, which meant I got to see the film three days before. You saw the film, this is, uh, what is this? This is Thursday the 7th. You saw it. On Sunday the... Sunday, Sunday the third. Oh, maybe we, we can't count Sunday. Yeah, it's been it's been end of university. It's days. Yeah, rather, it's not that I, don't I haven't know used days. that part of my brain in a while. Um, <laughs> no, so you saw it last Sunday, and it's not out until tomorrow. No, which is really really cool. So that means that you've already watched it. You've got all your opinions. You thought it was yeah. You know, like, I don't think you're really allowed to say anything yet, but you, you think it's good. I'm not allowed to say. Um, well, who knows? Oh, who cares? <laughs> um, and I'm going to try and go and see it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and then we will catch up and we'll talk about it next week. So um, yeah. thank you very much for listening, guys. As always, um, please do send us feedback. We do really love it. We've got 52weekfilmproject at gmail.com. We also have 52weekfilmproject on Twitter. We have that on Instagram as well. We do love to hear from other podcasters as well. If you've got any opinions, please, like we'd love to give you a shout out. Um, we also have, like I said, we're now on iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, Pocket Casts. Please, if you've listened to it and you like it, or you just want to give some feedback, give us some things to work on, leave a review, help us get those numbers up. 100%. Um, thank you very much, and we will see you next week. See you next week.